Welcome to the Sharing the Heart of the Matter podcast, where we look for inspiration on the journey to discover what matters most. I'm Wynne Leon, and in this episode, I'm with my co-host, Dr. Vicki Atkinson, and we're talking about the book publication process. We talk about the trepidation that publication can bring, the feeling that comes with opening what you've worked on privately for so long to a wider audience. Vicki helps to counter that by grounding us in our knowing our purpose and inspiration for writing. We talk about the difference between writing to spill secrets and writing to provide insight into how to be resilient through tough situations. Often, the difference lies in doing the work to center ourselves so that we are ready to write. Then one can operate from the foundation of curiosity and healing instead of just recounting the stories that wound. Vicki walks us through some of the marketing activities she's currently wrangling with for her book, Surviving Sue. And regardless of how you publish a work, all the effort that goes in to promote it, we discover what a different animal marketing is from writing, even though both leave us feeling tenuous and exposed. We discover the differences between self-publishing and signing with a publisher, ranging from all the components like cover art and editing that you need to fund if you self-publish, and comparing it to the distribution and contracts that come with a publisher. And then we circle back to having a clear purpose for writing the memoirs that are so personal and mean so much to us, and how that pushes us through all these uncomfortable aspects of not only writing, but the marketing and beyond. This is a great episode about taking books to market and all that comes with it. I know you'll love it. Hi, Vicki. Hey, Wynn. How are you? Good. Good to see you. I love you talking too. to you. These are such fun episodes just to get to spend some time, quality time with my friend Vicki. Ditto. Ditto. Shooting the breeze, which is a great expression. <laughs> yes, like, exactly. what does that mean anyhow, right? I don't know, since we're yeah. both inside. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Yes. So a few months ago, as your book was advancing towards publication, you wrote a post called Authorship, Gratitude, and Fear, where you described the roller coaster of gratitude and fear. Can you elaborate? Why weren't you dancing in the streets? <laughs> yeah, you and I were joking about this the other day, and, and I shared with you, yeah, dancing in the street, maybe more like panic at the disco, right? <laughs> yeah, because if I think people... If that isn't a song already, it should be. <laughs> exactly. Panic at the disco. I... I think, I don't know, we'll have to do some research. I think it might be the name of a band. Mm. I don't know. I'm not sure. But but yeah, I think, you know, the funny thing is when you get to a point where you've written something, um, you know there's an impending audience for it because you decided to, you know, go with a boutique publisher, which is what I did. And so you've got, you know, a publisher and an editor and people that are going, yeah. You mm. know, and so you feel like you're getting those endorsements. Um you know, or the validation that you would think that that would give so much, you know, sort of, I don't know, extra energy or lift. But at the same time that that was happening, I think for me, I was beginning to feel, and this might be more indicative of people that write family stories, you know, in the memoir category, perhaps not. But I think I was feeling that level of, of exposure, kind of um, anticipatory stress mm -hmm. about this is no longer just mine. 
it's it's not just in the hands of my trusted beta readers. You know, you were one of them helping me really look at resonant themes and um, valuing, mm-hmm. you know, the, the product and the potential, at least in my case, for it to be helpful to other people, which was one of the driving motivations, which we can talk more about, too, because I think that's one of the, the things that sustains writers you need to have that vision about purpose Mm -hmm. but yes you know at a time when when maybe I should have been dancing in the streets I was shaking Mm -hmm. in my shorts yeah (laughs) well let's talk let's let's circle back to what you just said about having a a driving principle you've used that Brene Brown quote quite a bit yeah yeah as your driving principle I did the exact mm-hmm. quote is, one day you'll tell your story of how you overcame what you went through, and it will be someone else's survival guide. When I was working on my dissertation, you know, years ago, um, she had offered that quote. Mm-hmm. And I remember encountering it then and sharing it with my dissertation chair, because as I was working on something related to higher ed and, you know, adults and education and Um, It was applicable to some things I was doing then. But when I came back to it related to writing my mom's story, it was one of the things that helped me because there had been people along the way who remarked about my resiliency, my ability to take care of myself, Mm -hmm. my sister with disabilities, and also take care of my own family. So I think that was powerful, but also... Um, the very, you know, pointed uh, inquiry from our daughter who said, I, I need to make meaning out of this. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, Brene, whom I've never met, right, offered yeah. some powerful encouragement, but also our daughter who was trying to understand. Right. I'm trying to understand the history. I mean, and you and I have talked about this, the yeah. the desire for intergenerational healing. Yep. Um but I imagine that another reason that you could have been afraid is that Sue had some secrets, secrets that she thought that she worked really hard to keep. And exposing that is probably no, uh, you know, there's probably a feeling of, should I do this? This is our, this is a secret that's part of our family. And yeah. And I think for me, Uh, you know, because I had done my own work, you know, to get through who I was as Sue's daughter, Mm -hmm. um, to make sure that I was whole. I had covered that ground enough to know that there is a difference between um, betrayal, telling Mm -hmm. the things that happened as they happened, and that my recovery, my ability to do that didn't need to be tied to it, that Mm -hmm. I, I could step away enough to, to really disconnect and, mm-hmm. you know, tell the stories, even the things that were, were very specifically about me and hurt that Sue directed toward me. I shared this with one of our blogging friends, I think, uh, this weekend, that one of the things that helped is that although I may have been the target, it was never about me. You know, right. it was about Sue's need to keep secrets and the threat that I represented to her. So in that way, mm-hmm. it wasn't Vicki, it was whoever was before her. And there were yeah. many of us, right, that challenged her along the way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think when people write about family, that is especially difficult because you know that you're exposing yourself, but you're also putting other people into the light. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think that's probably where bringing your full circle view of, of Sue, the humor, the love, 
the advocacy that she did for people with disabilities. I mean, bringing that all together with the secrets so that it's a it's a full picture. It's not just, hey, here's a tell all. Yeah. It's this is a, a view of what this dysfunction looked like in my family. Yeah. And I'm going to disarm it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think going back to your really, you know, sage question about, you know, why the that mixed emotion, you know, of mm-hmm. kind of excitement and fear and, and the trepidation, I think a, a big portion of that you know, had to do with that exactly, that, Mm -hmm. you know, Sue wasn't a one-dimensional person for all of the things that she did that were heinous and horrible. She had facets as a champion at a time when no one else was using their voice. Mm -hmm. Um, Our blogging friend Brian today posted something about the 55th anniversary of the origination of Special Olympics, you know, in Mm. Chicago. And my mom was involved in that. And so she was, you know, a champion because of Lisa's disabilities. But I think she always, always understood what it was to be an outsider and an outlier and to be different. And because Mm -hmm. she carried that throughout her life, whether it was about, you know, championing services, you know, for intellectually disabled children and adults, transportation related to that, or social justice issues about racial inequality in the 70s. My mom was bold and brazen and courageous, mm-hmm. you know, speaking up for those who needed it. So I think it's a it's a balancing act trying yeah. to to tell all the stories. But I also think it's interesting because when you offer, and I'm sure you felt this way with your dad's story as well, when you offer up someone's life in this way, readers will gravitate to certain portions of a a person's life story. And I don't know for you if you found this to be true, but I think it's it's what connects with the reader and the writer Mm -hmm. doesn't always know. We we sit back and we receive, but are sometimes surprised, right? Right, right. Yes, it is what resonates with with the reader's experience and, and that changes between readers. So on, on that continu- continuum of, of gratitude and fear, I mean, it seems like there's a balance between writing and marketing. I mean, you sort of have to get <laughs> past the fear of that as well. Um, you have a really wonderful book-savvy friend who's guided you. What has she taught you about marketing your book? Yeah, it's a beautiful thing to have people around you that know more than you do. <laughs> right. It is yeah. a beautiful thing. Right. And and I mm-hmm. am so grateful for that because in the writing process, I had people sharing with me that, you know, get comfortable with the writing because on the other side, the talking about it, it's so much more than an elevator speech or a pitch. You have to get comfortable talking about this for a long time once it exists in the real world. Yeah. And is it it's akin to me, I still think of it this way, as like the wild, wild west, right? You've got your Goodreads and your, you know, book talk. And, you know, right now I'm dealing with, you know, questions about the e-reader and the Kindle version and the Amazon issues and, and all of those things. And I think, you know, finding your way through that process of writing, but then other people know this far better than I do, that kind of um, getting on the saddle to do the mm-hmm. promo work, 
is it's it's a job unlike anything I have ever done before. And I have a little bit of a background in marketing, but marketing something that is so intertwined with your own identity, it it's a very difficult thing to do. Yes. Right? Do you find it that is. too? It's hard oh, to talk it about. Is. It's hard to talk about. You feel like you're talking about yourself. You feel like um, I think people make impressions about your book, whether you know, whether your book about Sue is going to be a hard read because it it reminds it's about Sue because <laughs> it's about Sue or it's evocative of somebody else's family member um, for my book, whether it's perceived as a religious book because my dad was a minister as opposed to a book about father daughter relationships. It's, it's a it's a marathon for sure. <laughs> well, and I think you end up revisiting a lot of decisions that you make along the way. And, and one mm-hmm. of the things that I thought about your book that never occurred to me before, I sort of forget the title of a book when I'm immersed in it and I'm reading. Mm-hmm. Because for me, finding my father's faith is about kind of the twin journey that you had with him because of him, you know, as his daughter, finding your faith with Mm -hmm. him as a guide. But it's not about religion. It's about, you know, self-discovery. It's about love. It's -hmm. about honoring family members. Gosh, I'm getting chills. And, you know, (laughs) listeners, it's 85 and humid where I am today, but I'm getting chills saying this to you because... It's, it's about your relationship with him and your willingness to be a risk taker and his willingness, we talk about this often, to mm-hmm. receive, you know, mm-hmm. your, your whole heart. But I think when, when we write, we forget that people are either like entranced by the titles or they make judgments, you know, right. based on the title. But f- for me, your book has little to do with religion. Yeah, right. Even though it has faith in the title, right? But yeah. as writers, we think about all of that after we we begin receiving feedback, right? Absolutely. That's yeah. it's so true. And it's not always with really well-intentioned um, people around us. It's not always clear what that feedback is until you, you're a little down the road. Yeah, yeah. But about the promotional stuff, I was going to tell you also that, um, you know, it's not just the talking about the work, but then trying to think about marketing kits and mm-hmm. you know QR codes and you know where to solicit feedback you know and input and there's there's a lot um, and I probably won't go into specifics but people that are paying attention to what's happening um, in the world of book reviews right now mm-hmm. there's a lot that's happened to Elizabeth Gilbert. Mm. Um, you know, about her impending book and a lot of feedback, you know, before it was ever launched that has complicated things. So I think that wild, wild west imagery, you're trying to navigate because you know you need to find the right platform, air quotes, platform, but you're also trying to do it in the safest way possible. Yeah. Right? So it's it's messy business is my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's very true. Yeah. And so when I think about the choices, this is the other reason why, as you and I are talking about this, I feel like I'm such a newbie to this, you know, Mm because you and I early on, we talked about the fact that one of the things we had in common, you know, you've written, you know, beautiful technical manuals and I've written with my friend Linda, you know, a textbook. Yeah. But then, you know, and there are publishers and people that are like, yeah, do this. And, and it's 
being done for a purpose. But when you individually decide to write something, those decisions about you know self-publishing, you know indie publishing houses, boutiques, you know going after big publishers, how do you do it? The choices. I mean, I, I feel like I could have benefited from a whole course about how to navigate, but I, yeah. I gravitated to you because you've had the experience um, in, in both of those ways. Um, yeah. So what what would you say, you know, as, as I've shared what's been complicated for me, what it, right. what's your advice? Well, you know, I, as you said, I've, I've published before technical books through big mm-hmm. publishers. I've published a book through Wiley Publishing and Macmillan Press, both big publishers for technical books. Yeah. And then I self-published my memoir about my dad. Um, and I would say I sort of felt my way into both of those things, you know, and there are definitely pros and cons that I realized after the fact. Um <laughs> And in, in, in some ways, not even clear. So, you know, with the publishers, they'll do your book art, they'll, they distribute it. Um, some of the things that just still the mechanics of it that um, you don't even think about is that they p- put it out to bookstores and then they have a whole process for bookshops returning books that aren't sold and mm-hmm. how to keep track of it and getting it out. You know, so they, that distribution piece, yeah. um, which sometimes seems so simple because you're like, oh, well, we're just going to, you know, everybody can order from Amazon. But there's yeah. that whole browsing bookstore, um, independent booksellers that we we love and want to support that that industry mm-hmm. that gets left out when you self-published. Mm-hmm. I have a very good friend who wrote a book and it was a climbing book. It was her, her and her husband's climbing book, you know, and it wasn't until after she signed the contract and published a hardcover version and a paperback version that she wanted the rights to possibly do a movie yeah. and or to talk to people about doing a movie about it. And of course it's a climbing book. It's got action. It's, you know, more suited yeah. for that type of thing. Great screenplay Uh, potential there, and she wants to make sure it's hers, right? Yeah, Yeah, and it wasn't hers, and she couldn't do anything about it. And the publisher sold that part of their catalog to a different publisher, so it wasn't even somebody that she had a relationship with. And, man, I would have never thought of that issue unless my friend had gone through that. So, yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that publishers do. They get the book distributed. They, you know, put it out there for you. But I'd also say in both cases, self-publishing and publishing, you still have to market your own book. Yeah. Yeah. They still have to be the face of, right. It's still yours. It's still yours. It will, um, it, it, it's still, if you're going to sell copies, it's because you're going to be out there pushing it. Yeah. It's nice that people get it gets distributed to independent booksellers and all the rest. But and there is a little bit of a browse factor, but getting it in front of people is going to be you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that what you mentioned about, you know, not not knowing kind of the business end of things. Yeah. Right. Is is something that, you know, I had people in my ears saying, even though the publisher that I used is someone who's, you know, very, you know, reputable and well-recognized, and I have friends who've published, you know, with my publisher, Eckhart's Press, you have to have a contract, you need to read the contract, 
mm-hmm. right? And and I'm not saying that your friend Sue didn't do that. Yeah. But but when there are certain rights held by the publisher, and then the business end that has nothing to do with individual writers, you know, when that starts to change hands, you're just a commodity that moves with the rest of the business as the business yes. is shifting, right? Yes. And so it's not it's not personal to the author, but you become part of that shift. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And publishers are trying to react to today's marketplace and all that other. Right. Right. And, and a lot of controversial stuff about different sites for reviews, you know, like Mm -hmm. I mentioned, and, you know, people are pro and con about different big, big booksellers, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, um, is indie better? Is self-publishing better? Is it better to go big? Mm-hmm. Um, and the textbook, you know, experience that I had was also a very big publisher. So I went down that road to say, is this something, you know, where are the connections? But it feels like the industry related to book publishing, it, it's like continually morphing and changing. It is. And because right? they're trying to weather the the different conditions and market forces that are out there, the number of people that are going independent, the, you know, there's, there's such an easy on road to going independent uh, or self-published that, um, that they have a lot to, to think about. Right. Those traditional book publishers. And yes. And when you and I were thinking about this, um, this topic, because, you know, for our listeners, it's something that We've spent a lot of time just, you know, kind of supporting one another, um, you know, which is is also a beautiful thing. So one mm-hmm. thing I think it's so important because it feels like every decision, you know, so much hangs in the balance that getting as much feedback, even though it can be overwhelming from people who are really your trusted advisors, and they mm-hmm. might be your writing coaches, your beta readers, you know, the people who've been down the road and back again, um, you know, with their publishing journeys, really gathering all that info, because I think, you know, in the end, um, and we, we've used this, you know, kind of imagery before, you know, each book is a baby, and yeah. you give birth to a baby, and it, and it has a life, and then you go, well, okay, what what is the creation process driving me to? But that the process of publishing may never be the same twice, and that's a beautiful thing mm-hmm. to know that you can can experience experience something and then grow from it, but you you needn't repeat it exactly because the flip side to everything we just said is that there are abundant choices. Right. 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 There are. That's so true. Yeah, which can also be overwhelming, but I also think, you know, you and I get excited about the possibilities. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think it's a lot of it is is of our own making. What what mm-hmm. have we learned from each experience? What happens next? Right. Yeah. The other thing that I would say that has been so helpful to me is is the community. I mean, and having you go through the process, having you to be able to talk to you yeah. at, and and hearing your feedback and your ideas and what you get from your very good um, book savvy marketing friend. I mean, it's That's so great. much when you gather your people around you, they yeah. keep you going through the process. Um, and and I'd say that with you especially, you know, you've taught me so much about it. Um, you've you've credited that Brene Brown quote and also your friend Linda for mm-hmm. keeping you going through this process. Yep. Yeah, and I think both both offered reminders that 
telling your story, you actually needed to get the story out of yourself. And a lot of very mm-hmm. smart people have said this in different ways, but that encouragement to write and not get ahead. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, one of the things that I know I do is, and I'm trying to do less of it, but it's really hard to write authentically and from the heart and tell a story if your head is so engaged in trying to ferret out the audience. You almost need to go, people in the stands, I know I'm going to greet you at some point, but right now I just don't give a rat's patootie about you because this Mm -hmm. is all me and I'm driving. Right. And so I, I think those reminders, you know, from my friend Linda who would yeah, she would kick me in the pants when I really needed it to say you need to write. But the other thing that was so important is that she was ready to receive and read. Mm-hmm. And so I think having, you know, whether it's a, a writing coach, you know, or a, you know, a trusted friend who's willing to do that as sort of a, a beta, beta reader. Right, right. Makes all the difference. And I think hearkening back to that Renee Brown quote that was one of the things that was foundational enough for me, plus the the need to honor our daughter's wishes about telling a story, is that I, I knew that there was some purpose-driven motivation for doing it. Yes. Even if the, the audience in the end was just me, myself, and I. Exactly, because you got it, you got it out, and you got, that's, that's healing in and of itself, isn't it? Yes. And I think, you know, now it's really interesting because I'm at that phase where I'm starting to get feedback from people that saw my mom's life, you know, and it's friends and family and former neighbors and people who've read that the the feedback fills me up every single day that people Mm -hmm. feel it was enough of an honoring, but and also a truth telling. And so that makes me feel like at least today that I got it right. Yes, I think you did. I mean, I, I didn't know your mom, but um, it feels like the truth to me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for me, I what kept me going was my, it was, you know, my dad died. I was planning on writing the book. I had talked to him about it. We recorded that stuff. And then he died. And it was my chance to write a love note to him yep. as I was pregnant, as I was about to give birth literally to my my daughter and and my family um my you know growing family as well as to say goodbye to him and and that kept me going and it and it's only in years after that i've realized how incredibly valuable that is because it was a chance to really in, take in the lessons that yeah. i learned from him his sparkle and his joy and his yeah. absolute belief but one of the one of the biggest gifts that he gave me is that I sent him an early draft of what I was working on. Didn't look anything like what I ended up publishing. Mm-hmm. And he sent me an email after that. Mm-hmm. And it said, thank you so much, dear Wynn, for even thinking of doing this. Let alone giving it such a good start. You know what this reminds me of? How when you were little, I would hold you close, face to face knock on your forehead and ask if anyone is home. Mm-hmm. And we'd laugh and laugh together. The picture of the two of us that we blew up in that pose always made me feel that closest all over again. And this project of yours does that same thing. No. Oh, wow. And 
for anyone that's thinking about writing about any part of their life, any part of their family, whether it's good or bad, it brings a closeness, doesn't it? Oh my gosh. Yeah, and I I what a beautiful thing not only for you to to bring that forward but for you to read it cuz uh, you know, mm. for those who don't have the the benefit of seeing your beautiful face right now, that wasn't <laughs> that wasn't the easiest thing for you to read, but I but it tells you even now, you know, years later that you did the right thing mm-hmm. and that's how you keep him close. Mhm. Right? Yeah. It's Oh my goodness. It's how we learn the lessons when we spend the time to think about them and heal where we need to heal and push forward in the places that that applies to too. Yeah. And I think you know even though as as we're chatting today you know, we're talking about publishing and the things that we've written, but, you know, it's a good counterpoint to share with our listeners that we've written these deeply personal things, but we've also written textbooks and technical manuals. So I think, you know, <laughs> it's, it's what are you called upon to do, right? And, and the genre will drive, right? And, and who's, you know, paying freight, right? The, yeah. When we write and it's what we want to do, that's, that's ours. But I think, we have lots of writer friends that are, you know, writing professionally and mm-hmm. you're doing a job. And, right. and I think, you know, there are lots of different ways to think about publishing. But I, I think the core of what we're talking about is when it's it's not professional, but highly personal. There are so many choices to make because you all of that is tied to you, the writer. And we've experienced the other, but this is far more daunting, so much so yes. that even though it sounds like we're evangelizing doing it because it's been restorative for us, we are in no way saying hop on, you know, the bandwagon, everyone, because there's a readiness factor. And if you're not, don't do it because it shouldn't hurt. It shouldn't hurt. That's very, an incredibly good point. Well stated point. Um, Sometimes the past is best left in the past. We don't need to dig everything up or not. And um, that's true too. Yeah, and I think you and I both have a lot of respect and regard for people who live their best lives without looking back. And mm-hmm. I, I think for a lot of people, that is that's the, the best course of action. Um, you know, so there isn't any sort of let's convince people because this worked for us, but it is yeah. it is our true twin tale. <laughs> What, you know, binds us as soul sisters, this business of finding our way and trying to honor those that we loved, even though life is complicated. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well said. Well said. So thank you for sharing all these, all the choices and parts of your journey as you go through um, marketing, surviving Sue and and pushing, you know, now that it's published and getting it out the door. I think for anybody that is thinking about doing that, it's it's, it's just super helpful perspective. Tell me what's next for, for you and your journey with Surviving Sue. Um, we have a big launch party coming up, you know, where it's, you know, all Vicky all the time, right? And book <laughs> signing and a book reading. And, and so it's really exciting. It's also a little scary. Um, and then getting the Kindle version out, you know, working on that as well, because our friends that may be listening from places 
around the globe, right, that are really looking for the electronic version, you know, want to make sure that that's available sooner rather than later. But I think, yeah, just, you know, getting comfortable talking about it and then um, feeling like, you know, as the book club opportunities come up and speak, speaking in small groups mm -hmm. um, about recovery and resilience and Sue's story and, you know, trying to focus on the humor. Um, I think that's the goal for the next few months. I've got a couple of other projects, you know, on deck that I'm writing that I'm kind of eager to get back to, but I need to spend the time doing this work with Sue because mm -hmm. it's, it's part of the job. Yeah, it is part of the job. Well yeah. said. <laughs> yeah, and I love too, as we talked about um, the beautiful email from your dad, I think one of the podcasts that you and I recorded a few weeks ago about long distance letters and our fathers and all of that. That's a great one to remind listeners to go back to about some of those powerful experiences, you know, that, that you had, especially in writing about your dad and the timing of all of that. Mm -hmm. um, so I know that's available in the library of episodes, but it's such a, a good companion piece maybe to what we were talking about today. What's our purpose, right? Yeah, right, yeah. right. Those wonderful long distance love letters. There you go. I left out the love letters. Yeah, that was a good <laughs> one. But thank you for the time to visit. I always love it. You know that. Oh, thank you. So much fun. Thank you for listening. Our music is With a Little Help from My Friends by Lennon and McCartney, performed by Carolyn Leon. Please visit our website at sharingtheheartofthematter.com for show notes and more great inspirations.